It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Jerry, don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Actually been pretty good of late, few minutes after 5 o'clock. It is a Thursday. Myself, the Eddie Scazzeri, here in New York City, down the Jersey Shore. Still, we find the old man by the sea as he peers across the beach, looks into the ocean, finds whales. His name is Albert Jackson Dukes. What's up, Al? Good morning, Jerry. Uh, Eddie Scazzeri just alerted me to a breaking news story of uh, Evan Dando of the Lemonheads. You remember the Lemonheads, Jerry? I do. I know they did Mrs. Robinson. They did. That's what they're probably most famous for, the cover of Mrs. Robinson. They also had a hits with uh, Into Your Arms, Uh, It's a Shame About Ray, 90s alternative anyway. I know It's a Shame About Ray. I remember that one. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Evan Dando, he is the Lemonheads. That's the lead singer. He lost his uh, wallet in uh, outside of Boston, and he went to Twitter and uh, said, hey, I lost my wallet. This is where I think I lost it. If anyone finds it, can you tell me? And an, a Walgreens employee there found his wallet, so when he went to go get his wallet, he showed up with his guitar and set up uh, by the Utz potato chips and uh, sang some songs. This is the breaking news. I actually thought when you started yeah. talking that he passed away. Evan Dando the of breaking Lemonheads. news is that he played music by the Utz display. At a Walgreens, and that his wallet was returned, and that, Jerry, there are good people in the world. that I would return a wallet, you? Yeah. You'd return a wallet, and right? I have, and I actually have. You have returned I a, a wallet. wallet in the Monmouth Mall when we were Christmas shopping. Boy, it's got. It was before kids. It's got to be seventeen, eighteen years ago. Well, wow, so I, in the mall there would have been a lot of people that could have found that and picked it up, but you were the lucky one. Yes, I brought, and it was right in front of the Victoria's Secrets. Oh, so I went yeah. in. I found a good, good reason to go in, um, mm. and I saw someone that worked there, and they sent me to where the security for the mall was, and I dropped it off. I don't know if the person ever got um, the wallet. See, I like to get the credit for dropping off the wallet. Yeah, you know what? It was around the Chris, the holidays. I didn't have time. Here, it's someone's wallet. Here you go. I hope they find the person. Yeah. I would also do this move. I would not accept a reward. Oh, I would. I'd, you would? Yeah, why wouldn't I? I don't know because I wouldn't it ask seems for like, it, but if someone right, but if offered, they said, oh, you're very welcome. A, Thank f- you. Really? See, I would feel like yeah. I was only doing what, here's what is right. No, but here's why. By returning the wallet, mm-hmm. you save someone a you headache did. with phone calls and God oh. knows how much you know credit card fraud and charges, fraud. everything. Yep. So if someone wanted to hand you 25 bucks for doing a solid, thanks. It's very You'd nice like, of hey, you. Thank you. Yeah, it's almost like they're tipping you for doing the right thing. I don't see a reason hmm. that that's wrong. I think I would take it if it was like a really rich, famous person. Well, but I, I think like why? a regular person, why? I'd be like... I'm Boomer size. Yeah, if it was Boomer, I'd be how like... How would you know, though? What a hundy. Famous, maybe, but how would you know if they were rich or not? Mm, yeah, like... That's a, you know, I always wonder, like, a dude from the Lemonheads, how, that guy can't have a lot of money. They why not? have major hits. Now what? Hold and on their biggest hit was Mrs. Robinson, which uh, Simon and Garf, Garfinkel get the uh, Garfinkel. What? And what's, this they guy's get, name? They, what's his name? Evan. Evan Washburn. No. Dando. How do I spell that? D A N D O. Yes. Let's he see. can't have any money. This guy. Oh, he's got. You know money. What I'm saying these guys don't have any money. 
Uh, let's I need see. money. His net worth doesn't even come up. That's yeah, exactly. Oh, wait, here we go. I think I found it. Evan Dando, his net worth. Oh. All right. Never $5. His net worth is $5 no, right now. No. He picked up a couple of Uts potato chips well, first in of Boston all, I don't know Walgreens. where they come up with this stuff, number one. Yeah, me neither. This says he has a net worth of $200,000. That sounds that sounds fair. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. That sounds it. fair. Yeah, nailed it. I would say so. I was now, there's going, another one that says a million dollars. So I would believe that also. I'd say somewhere between the two. Yeah. I was going through Twitter this morning as I like to get a pulse of the people and see what people are talking about, see what videos are out there, see what the big news is. And I, I, I kept seeing a video of a Sha- Shaquille O'Neal wrestling last night for AEW Wrestling. Yeah, how'd that go? Because I saw, I saw the previews for it, and oh. I saw him... Smack well, talking with the guy. Smack talking. So Cody Rhodes, I think, is who he was wrestling, and uh, he was uh, Shaq was up on the on the outside of the ring, but up on that ledge on the other side of the ropes. Yeah. And Cody Rhodes came flying off the opposite side, sort of slingshotted himself, and jumped up on Shaq. He was on top of Shaq. Shaq fell back through two tables. So Shaq went through two tables last night. Okay. So who and won? And he survived. I don't think there were any winners or losers, Jerry, other than the audience was a big winner. I think it was just there. I think have what, a winner? I'm not sure. I think they mainly just wanted you to see Shaq going through two tables, okay. which was pretty cool. That's Shaq played it cool, man. though. A very large man. Like, you could tell, like, they, they must have trained him to, like, essentially play dead with your body. So when he got hit, his body just went limp and went through the tables, which I have heard from the jackass guys uh, being interviewed. You know, they do those stunts or they, they're falling down and all this sort of thing. They say that the key to not getting injured is do not tense up your muscles before impact. Yeah. That that's, and you, that's why they think also the Tiger Woods fell asleep. While he didn't break bones, it could have been a lot worse. Like he wasn't bracing for an impact right they say that about drunk drivers too yeah. sometimes other people wonder how these drunk drivers survive these horrific crashes because they're not relaxed. bracing their bodies yes so you could see Shaq doing that when he was going to catch cody Rhodes flying off the rope and when he was then supposed to fall back into the tables right he looked like a buffalo bills fan it was pretty cool nice right through the tables you, jerry you go to orchard park next uh, fall I wish uh, Andre jo- the Giant was still alive because I'd like to see him fight Shaq. Just the two of them. Now, two that would have been cool. I'm not sure how tall Shaq is. Seven one. Well, or maybe seven two. Advantage Andre the Giant because he's seven foot four, five hundred twenty pounds from Grenoble, France. Jerry, I don't know where Shaq is from, but it's not Grenoble, France. Shaq is uh, seven foot one. Nice, yep. nailed it. Shoe size twenty three. You ever see a Shaq shoe in real life? Yeah, they have it at uh, the uh, the NBA restaurant at Disney. Boomer also had one uh, uh, up for auction at one of his booming celebrations. Mm-hmm. It's big. Bigger than your head. Big shoe, Jerry. Yeah, size 23 is large, yeah. Size 23 shoe. You can't just show up at a Foot Locker and get a size 23 shoe. You got to get those specially made. Yeah, well, you got to go to the big and tall shop. <laughs> you got to go to the very big and very tall shop to get your size 23 sneakers. And you probably don't even have a lot of options, right? 
It's a nice 23. Probably specially made. Specially made. You can't get like the latest and the greatest uh, shoes. I don't think you're getting Jordans on Amazon. Size 23. You're also not walking into like a Cole Haan and being like, uh, I'm looking for a. A need A Cole Haan? Cole Haan is like a fancy shoe for men. You'd be like, um, I need a nice shoe to pair with a suit for a, a lovely event. Of the big, all right, we'll check in the back. What size are you? Twenty three. We don't. We have ten and a half, sir. Right. We exactly. don't have twenty three. We go up to size twelve. Right. Beyond that, you're gonna have to special order. Also, was listening to Carton and Roberts yesterday, and I, I have it on in the background, so I'm sometimes not listening intently. And I was like, I thought I just heard them say Aaron Boone. Yeah, this shocked me. Had surgery to get a pacemaker put in. I was like, Were you aware he Aaron had open Boone's heart like, surgery no. like ten years ago? Me neither. Two thousand nine. Yeah. I was like, Who did they say? Because Aaron Boone is younger than me, and I don't have a pacemaker. And Jerry, when I saw the story, I, I thought like, Oh, I thought he was he played late into his career, but he retired in in two thousand nine. Maybe because of that. Maybe he he just turned forty seven. I think yesterday was his birthday, or I next week know, is his birthday. Like, what's a pacemaker do? Doesn't it regulate the heartbeat? It pumps like the heart for you, or just to make sure your heart. Usually, it's um. There's some problem with your body's electrical impulses that is causing the problem in the heartbeat, either irregular or whatever it is, and that regulates it. I'm going to Google right now. Pacemaker. It sends electronic impulses to keep your heart just like you a, nailed it. a metronome. You absolutely nailed it, Eddie. That's what a pacemaker does. I don't know what they look like, how big they are. They're small. Google that. They're tiny. Oh, What's yeah. amazing is they say them back in two or three days. you imagine that? You go to the hospital, you have a pacemaker put in. You go back to work a couple days. And they want them right. up like immediately. God. Amazing. I remember my dad had hernia surgery like in the 80s or the 90s. I think he was out of work for like three weeks. This is a, like a pacemaker. He'll be back to work in like two days. Yeah, medicine's a little different well, these well, days. Well, you were back Medicine. early. Al, I was, you were in yeah. Pain and discomfort, but you were back. I'm looking at these pacemakers uh, uh, images on uh, Google Images, and it it looks like it goes up just just uh, below your shoulder, uh, above your chest, between the chest and the shoulders, where it sits, and then the wire goes into your heart. Pretty wild. That's some wild stuff. That's I mean, it. <laughs> now I wonder, like, can he? Does he have to be careful getting upset at bad calls or guys throwing at his players? Like, if he gets all jacked up, is that bad or is that not a problem? I don't know the answer to that. I have no idea. I thought you were a pacemaker expert, Jerry. What I are am you not. Doing I know here, nothing then? about. I all I know is when I saw the story, I yeah. like you, I was stunned. Right, you're like, what is going on? This yeah. is a young man. Yeah, pacemaker should be like. You know, for people in their 70s get a pacemaker. Yeah, but you know what? You do see stories of guys having, you know, heart issues in their 30s and 40s. So it's yeah. not like it's... I just had not known he had issues in the past. Me neither. Before the story came out. We probably should have. I was not aware of it. We were not aware. No. Well, he probably doesn't go around saying uh, during interviews, by the way, I had open-heart surgery in 2009. No, but Aaron Boone, while he wasn't, you know, one of the greatest players of all time, he certainly had his moments. And when you have open-heart surgery in your 30s... Yeah. You would think you'd remember that story. Yes. I don't. Me neither. Right. That was what we were doing. Uh, Boomer Boomer was on the air in the morning here. Yeah. So it wasn't like it was, uh, you know, during the IMUS administration. It was 2009. I was around yeah. too. I mean, it's, I don't know. I just, uh, no recollection of it whatsoever. Me neither. Hmm. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Jerry, were you excited for 
James Harden's return to Houston last night. I mean, yes and no. You know, I think the idea that there were fans there is cool. At the end of the day, it was still 4,000 fans. Right. It wasn't 14,000. Um, you know, I, there were, to me, there was no doubt that they were going to win. I actually went to BetMGM and bet the over. Because I I don't know I just the over was a two twenty five for the game and I'm thinking the Nets score one hundred and thirty every night and I know the Rockets aren't and they blew right past that uh, two twenty five number but yeah I mean yes and no I it was whatever it's not the same without the fans you don't get the same reaction I know they did the video tribute for him um, it was interesting but. At the end of the day, the game was what it was. He did what he does, and they're good, man. They got to the All-Star break. They they should have gotten to uh, first place in the East, but the Jazz wound up losing to the Sixers, so they're a half game out. But it was whatever. It was fine. In, in reading various articles about the game, there you would hear some 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 articles say, "Oh, James Harden was booed in his return." Others say mixed reviews. Well, if you some booze, some cheers. Yeah, so they played it. Again, first of all, it's not many people. Right. And two, you can hear people applauding and you can hear people booing. So it was a complete mixed bag. And there were a couple of times in the first quarter when he touched the ball for the first few times, you would hear a few boos, but it was nothing. It was nothing crazy. Yeah. Like, it I didn't to, overwhelm you. They should have pumped in fake boos. You could have done that. But then it, but then you're doing that, yet the owner is saying how they're going to put his number on the rafters. Right. So I don't think that they wanted to go that route either. Plus, they're ter- they've lost 13 straight games. That's hard to do. That's not good. No, they're terrible. I'm not an NBA expert, Jerry, but losing 13 straight, I'm going to say that is not good. I would say losing 13 straight in any given sport, mm-hmm. not good. Not good. Not good. It's just not good. No, not good at all. It's it's funny because when I put the game on last night, you know, I was looking forward to watching it, and you sit there and you say, boy, you know what? Maybe they do have a chance. You know, they do have John Wall on this team. Like, he's a really good player. But then you're looking at everybody else like, ugh. They're, they're awful. Like, they have no depth. They only, I mean, they're just bad. And so they were bad again last night. Uh, quickly on Twitter, Jerry, the Squared Circle Psychobabble podcast uh, let me know that uh, Shaq and his tag partner, Jade Cargill, won the match last night. So Shaq is 1-0 in his professional wrestling Does he debut. get one of those fake belts? Well, I don't think it was a title shot because no, but isn't uh, there the people's champion thing that we talked about? Well, that's in WWE. This is oh, the different. the alternative AEW. Oh, yeah. Is that which one is Taz in? A, he's in that one, AEW. So how about we get Taz to fight Shaq next? Oh, I would love to see Taz suplex Sha- Shaquille O'Neal. That would be cool. Now I'd be in because Taz is the suplex machine. Like he is the Could king you of the suplex. Him suplexing Shaq. <laughs> No, I couldn't. What if he was able to suplex Shaq and then suplex to me? It would be like he would probably be able to he throw might, me a half a mile. He might break you. <laughs> after sh- after suplexing Shaq. Is this even a man? <laughs> well, Andre the Giant got slammed by uh, Hulk Hogan. In body Detroit. slammed. Yeah. I know. I WrestleMania saw that in the documentary. 3. I saw that. Yeah. So it is possible. Never know. You that never Shaq know. Shaq could be suplexed. All right. It's also possible the Boomer and Geo are back. They should be here. Is at that six, right, they Jerry? Better be six o'clock. Wait, yes. so many people thinking there was some sort of mysterious. Like there was a rift between the two. Yeah, as to why they were out. They're like, this is odd in the middle of the week, and they've gone dark on social media. I'm like, mm, I think Boomer needed some days off, and then I think Geo thought, ah, I'll take a break as well. There you go. Well, we're going to take a break right now. Oh, okay. like, not for the rest of the day, just for a couple of minutes. And then minutes. we'll come back. We got more stories for you, some good stuff, and then Boomer and Gio at the top on the fan. 
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Al and Jerry, two scientists responsible for the COVID-19 vaccine. All right, 25 after 5. It is Thursday morning. We are that close to the weekend. Thursday is one of the coolest days of the week because Friday's tomorrow, and that means the weekend's here, and that's cool. You had a summer Wednesday yesterday, at least by me. I got up to 56. Uh, I would think by you a little cooler, but bright, bright sunshine. It had a great spring-summer feel. It did, you did go have out a- in your skivvies. Uh, I didn't go out in my skivvies, but I, for once, didn't wear a full-on winter puffy coat. Nice. Which was nice on its own. I just uh, had, like, a zip-up. You know what's so funny about this? So looking at the extended range forecast. So, like, next week looks like we're in the 50s all week. Nice. But then if you look and forget, like, rain and stuff, you can't worry about that. But I do feel like if you can look two weeks ahead at the temperature trends, uh, trends, I do feel like a lot of times that is pretty close. So next week we're all in the 50s. The week after that, it looks like high 30s, low 40s yeah. again. It's like, come on. March, March sucks. stinks. I agree. March is a big tease. They once sung Love Stinks. So you know what? March stinks. Right. right. Jay Giles band. March stinks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, here's a weird story that came out of the NFL yesterday uh, about a proposed rule change. Oh, you know, I like didn't the, see this. Oh, this is a strange one. So you know how teams can propose rule changes now? Like they'll be like, oh, the Ravens have proposed a rule change. So the Baltimore Ravens have proposed a rule change for overtime. They're calling it spot and choose. Okay. Now now imagine the teams are tied. You're tied at 17 going into overtime. Once we hit overtime, spot and choose comes into effect. One team picks the spot of the ball to start overtime. And the other team chooses whether to play offense or defense. Strange. Stupid. Walk me through this, Jerry. Let's see. Uh, You get the ball. Let's say it's uh, overtime. You're the Dallas Cowboys. Well, I don't get the ball because it's spot and choose. Right. You, You have to choose where the ball is placed, and then the other team gets to pick whether they're on offense or defense. Kind of weird. But it's silly because if I choose the one-yard line, Mm -hmm. well, depending upon which one-yard line, if you pick the one-yard line in the defensive zone, then I'm going to choose I won't be defense because they're on their own one-yard line. If I choose the 50, I'm going to choose offense because I'm at the 50. No, no, you, you, one team chooses where the other team that. chooses. I'm saying if I okay, so let's run through 50. this. Let's say I'm gonna let's say I I have the decision to make. Am uh, I you're the Buccaneers on the Cowboys. I'm gonna Buccaneers. I'm gonna put the ball on the ten yard line. Which ten? The offensive ten or the defensive ten? I'm gonna put the ball on. Like it hmm. depends on which way you're going. So if you put the ball on the ten yard, so you're the Buccaneers. You put the ball. On the ten yard line with ninety yards to go to score, why won't be defense then? You put the ball at the fifty. Then now it's my time to choose if I want to be offense or defense. Since you chose the fifty, I want to be on offense. I only got fifty yards to go. 
Well, you still have to decide where you're going to put the ball because you wouldn't put the ball in the 10-yard line. I thought you just said you're choosing the spot and then I get to choose if I want to play offense. Correct, but no, but why? who would choose? You've got to decide where you're going to put the ball so you wouldn't put the ball in the 10-yard line. Okay. So where are we putting the ball? That's what I'm saying. This is what you've got to kind of decide. Is Here's it somewhere near the, the 50? I'm putting the ball at the 30. Just like okay. every other you know, ball that's kicked out of bounds. Or wherever they put it. But out. if you're putting the ball at the thirty, then the other team could decide they're on offense and they've only got thirty yards to go, and then they'll kick a field goal. Well, I'm not putting it on the on the plus side of the field. I'm putting it on the defensive side of the field. the other thirty. Yeah. Okay. That's why it's a silly thing to do. It doesn't mm, make that, any sense. It's kind of interesting. How so? Because it it, it you really get have a, have to have a whole new strategy of what you what you're doing. Not really. If I get if I put the ball, let's say I choose where the ball's going to go. Okay. Right, now you get to decide what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I can pretty much predict what you're going to do. I'm putting the ball on the negative five. What are you going to do? What's the negative five? You're on your own five yard line. You want to play offense? You want to play defense? Defense. You want to play defense? So you're going to give me the ball on the five yard line? No, I, I've never heard the term negative five yard line, so I was confused. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think we're getting goofy is what I think. Yeah. This, very can we goofy. just kick the ball off and play the damn quarter? I mean, honestly, there was never anything wrong with overtime. There really wasn't. Well, that's another thing. They're considering reverting back to true sudden death overtime. Yes. Whoever scores. But then people complain that, oh, I didn't get the ball. That, well, then leave it the way the it is. It. Uh, you know, the way they've actually done it I actually, is, is kind of goofy with yeah. the whole point of both teams have to touch the ball. But I've gotten used to it, and there is a fairness to it. Now, I'm good with sudden death because I, I will always say, as much as it sucks if you kick it off and they go down and score and you lose, especially with the way kickers can kick, there is the argument to be made, we'll stop them, go three and out and get the ball back, and then you win the game. Um, but the way they have done it puts strategy into it as well because if you kick the field goal and you give up your possession now, all of a sudden touchdown beats you. Or do you want to try and go for the touchdown to just win the game? Like, if you get to the six-yard line and you've got a fourth and goal from the six, you're going to kick the three or you're still going to try and kick the, go for the touchdown to actually end the game? Or a fourth and goal from the two, say? Like, I like that part of it, and I don't think we're so far gone. Yeah, you know, this other thing seems silly. Uh, they're also thinking of making roughing the passer a replay review. I, I want to eliminate all replays. I don't I know, want any more. tough. I know. I just don't. The problem with eliminating it is you do at the end of the day want to get it right. Like you hate to see whether you're the fan of a team or not. Maybe you're just watching a general football game. The idea of a team winning a game based on a bad call really sucks. You know, especially when it can be fixed. Like a guy, let's say for instance, a guy. If we took if we took replay completely out of it, and this is where me and you were having the conversation about radio yesterday about the issues, but we don't have the answers. So I'll give you the ins- the issue here, and I don't have the answer because I'm with you. I would love to get rid of replay, but let's let's say for instance, you've got a third down play. You're in overtime for whatever. Take that example since we're talking about overtime. All right. You got a third down play on your own 35 yard line. You don't get the first down. You're clearly in a punting situation. You throw the ball into the right flat. Defender falls down. You're running down the sideline. Your right foot hits the sideline. Just grazes it, but you're out of bounds. And you end up going for a touchdown game over. Replay can clearly show you're out of bounds. You shouldn't score and win the game. Right. 
And if you watch it with the way we consume sports now, that is going to be highlighted over and over and over again. So it's like you want to get it right, but I do agree. It ruins the flow of a game. It's too much. I'm not sure what the answer is. I don't know. But it's not. It's it is not spot and choose. Let me read this to you, Jerry, just to make sure we have this or I have this correctly. Okay. Yeah. About spot and choose because there's some to be some confusion. I'm reading this from Pro Football Talk. They know what they're doing. Okay. It looks like this. If one team picks the offense's own twenty yard line, the opponent would then choose whether to play offense from their from their own twenty or to play defense with the other team having the ball on its own 20. So the the spot is the 20-yard line. Right. Do you want to give the other team the ball? On their own 20? Or on their own 20, or do you want the ball from your, on own, your 20? own 20? Yeah, I knew there was a little confusion there. Okay. So what's so the it's point? Because like no one's going to put the ball to the 50-yard line. Right. Everyone's going to say the 20 or the 30-yard line. Like, well, I don't understand what the point of this would be. Like, explain to me the benefit of this. Okay, he says, this would minimize greatly the impact of the coin toss. Under this proposal, the coin toss would only be used to give the team that wins the toss the right to pick the spot of the ball or to choose offense or defense. I think we're overthinking this. Yeah. Kick the ball off, play sudden death, and let's (laughs) move on. God. I mean, honestly. And we just wasted five minutes on it. Well... It's a proposal, Jerry. It's just a, <laughs> we just need to burn proposal. this proposal. <laughs> All right, let's burn this proposal and burn those last five minutes. Joe Douglas of the Jets, <laughs> Jerry, he's confirmed that he's a, he is a, by his phone willing to take calls That's about great. Sam Darnold. Who's calling? <laughs> oh, Jerry, there's a long list. Like I listened there to, there is I, a long so list. So I heard Craig and, and Evan open their show yesterday, and Craig basically started. It's over. Sam Darnold's gone. We move on. And I'm like, wow, they traded him. And then I hear him say, Joe Douglas said today that he's open to phone calls. And my first thought was, who's calling? I'll be in my office, please. <laughs> you think Joe Douglas is sitting in his office right now staring at the phone? Put off, and then he keeps calling out to the uh, assistant out front. Uh, anyone? Are you no sure one? the service works in this building? Do me a favor, call Verizon, make sure. <laughs> You know what? Call from your cell phone. I want to make sure these phones work. Because here's the thing. A, if you're going to try and trade for Sam Darnold, you got to give up something, number one. Number two, you're going to have to pay him. No? I mean, Yes. So what are you paying him based on? He hasn't been good and he hasn't stayed on the field. He's been injured. He's been sick. He has seen ghosts. He's, I don't know. I mean, it's a nice thing to say. I'll take phone calls. Good. Congratulations. Let me know when the phone rings. Then he also said this, which makes no sense when you're thinking about their pursuit for Deshaun Watson. He says, he is not looking to trade assets for a star. I did hear that. That's weird, right? He's trying to build through the draft and then add on. So So then why doesn't he just come out and say, we're not interested in Deshaun Watson? Um, that's what he's saying, isn't he? Well, I don't. Because first of all, to, I don't know that you can actually mention Deshaun Watson oh. because he's under contract with the Texans. So complicated. But you can certainly speak in general terms, and I think that's kind of what he did by saying we're not going to make trades for star players. Mm. So what I heard was we are building through the draft, and then we will fill in spots with free agents as opposed to building because the Redskins for years and years built their team through free agency. 
and all they did was lose. They right. had a high payroll, and they lost a lot. Remember lose. Albert Hainsworth and his $100 million dollar deal? I mean, that, and that's stomp just, on someone's head? Remember, they gave Deion Sanders a lot of money at the end of his career. Didn't go so well. I mean, they went, they went with a lot of star players, and yeah, not a great way to build a team. At least it's proven not really to work very often. Let me run this by you, Jerry. Uh, spot and choose for overtime. Oh, God. Ravens. Are we doing people this on again? Twitter? No, I'm just kidding. People are very confused on Twitter. Um, people also seem to be making a bit of a big deal that Marcus May's agent is angry with the Jets and that once again we have another, you know, of the big Jet yeah. players angry at the team. I guess the, the agent is seeing that the Jets have all this cap space money now and he wants some for Marcus May. Well, I think when you... You know, when you make your mark with one team and you think you deserve a big raise, and I would agree, Marcus May probably deserves a raise, and you see that they have the cap space to do it, and yet you hear that they could go out and spend it in other places, I understand them being ticked off. That having been said, let's chill out and see what happens. It's March 3rd. Like, I don't think that we can say the Jets have refused to do that, have they? Have you seen that anywhere? I have not. Nor have I. So maybe that's just a way of putting pressure on the team. You know, they see what happened with Jamal Adams. You know, and maybe this gets something done. I don't know. Marcus May seems to be the type of guy who shuts up. He plays and wants to be here. He's the type of guy that I would want to resign because I haven't heard him complain. The way Jamal Adams complained, that's one thing. This is the agent. I never get too nuts about the agent talking. That's their job. Would you write this headline, Jerry? Marcus may or may not get more money from the Jets. 537. We got a little bit more to do here on the warm up show. And then we've got uh, Boomer and Geo back in their regular spots at six o'clock. We'll play more headline games next on The Fan. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Al and Jerry. Radio Gaga. Radio Goo Goo. Radio Doodle. Al and Jerry, confusing people about spot and choose since March 4th, 2021. <laughs> hey, I have a real quick question for you. And I know, I, I promise I'm not picking on you because I know you're a football right. and, I know you're a football and baseball guy and you oh, don't watch basketball. Big but time, Jerry. Back in the day, the Houston Rockets were what colors? Like if I told you the Rockets were yeah. on, what colors would you say? I would expect to see like a McDonald's situation of uh, red right. and yellow. You know, I turned the game on last night, and I haven't seen them play this year until last night when they played the Nets. Now, the Nets are wearing these alternate, these gray jerseys. These really cool, actually. But at least it still is has that black-white feel. Now it's gray and black, but it was neat. I turned the game on. I'm like, are they playing the Charlotte Hornets? The Rockets were wearing, like, this old man blue. Old man blue? I'm like, where the hell did that come from? It's just very strange. Even, like, the game, I'm trying to think what game it was the other night. The team was wearing black, red, and yellow. I mean, the Nets have those jerseys too, which I don't understand. But it's just like it's just so weird watching these teams with these alternate uniforms. There's no sense of history at all with some of these jerseys. And last night was weird. I couldn't tell if I was watching the Orlando Magic or the Hornets, and it was the Rockets. It's very strange. Take a, want, when you get a minute on the break, just Google the images from last night 
and tell want, me if that looks like the Rockets to you. I want all sports to go back to the uniforms they wore in the 1980s. And or that's 70s. for all sports. 70s and 80s. I'm with you. All sports. Yep. I hear you. No more new uniforms. Oh, no, no more new, new colors. Uniforms. We're getting a lot of new uniforms. Old school. Blue Jays wear the powder blue. The Brewers wear that uh, the pinstripe situation where they're with the, the mitt logo. Yeah. This is what I need. In my Not life. what you're going to get. What did the Diamondbacks wear? They weren't around in the 70s. No, and I, and I don't. Boy, they had terrible uniforms. They had the, the Diamondbacks came awful. out when I had the teal Saturn yeah, automobile. Yeah, right. Yep. Because they had those terrible colors as well. You would have been a perfect Diamondback fan. Yeah, look at me and my teal Saturn heading to the Diamondbacks game. Uh, Tiger Woods crash officials. So I guess there's Tiger Woods crash officials now, Jerry. They are. They got a warrant. To retrieve the black box. Was not aware that a car had a black box. Like Me neither. Me neither. Now, it doesn't, like, unlike the plane, airplane black box, this does not record audio before the crash. But it can tell you how fast the car was going, if the brakes were applied, and if the driver was on his cellular telephone. I'm not sure what the point of this is. He crashed the car. They're trying to determine if a crime was committed. What crime? Well, he didn't injure anybody else. He injured himself. Right. I injured guess himself. you could, I don't know, could you charge him with reckless driving if it was found out that he had a one-car crash because he was texting? I guess yeah. you could. Yeah, I mean, why not? But I do think you're going to end up finding out that he was not doing or going at a high rate of speed. I bet you the brakes were not applied. And I really do. This, to me, sounds, and that's why, that's why I talked about it yesterday, for a couple of minutes, it really does sound to me like someone that fell asleep at the wheel. Yeah. Because it's happened to all of us. It really has. And I, I know that's a dangerous thing to say. It's also true. We have all, anybody on this show, have all struggled getting home from time to oh, time. Oh, yeah. And that, to me, I think we've all been fortunate. He was not. Yeah. That's true. We all have struggled with the sleepy drive. The drive into work at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, not terrible. No, it's drive really home, weird. Yeah. Like I can, it's so strange to me that I can do a basketball game or a football or a cowboy, whatever it is, lay down at midnight, get up at 3, and I take a shower and I feel great. And the drive-in is no problem. And getting through work, no problem. But then you get into that haze. And you know what's funny, too? Is some days with those nights, I get home no problem. And then I'll have nights where I sleep for seven hours and I can't get my eyes open. I think the sun affects making you sleepier. Now, do you think part of that could be the fact that we're inside with really, we have no windows in here. Is do you think that's part of it that we no. come in here in the dark and we haven't seen the sunlight until 11 or 12 o'clock and it's like, ah, oh. hmm. I don't know. I always just feel like the sun, like when you're squinting. Yeah. Your eyes are already partially closed, so you get sleepier. Who knows? But then again, I put sunglasses on. The same thing happens. True. Uh, 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 Jim Beheim's taking a little heat this morning, Jerry. What did he from do? Uh, Syracuse won last night, by the way. Syracuse won, I think. Yeah. He's uh, people are upset with him about some remarks he made uh, to a reporter. Okay. So a reporter was asking about all you know all you know specific questions and uh, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this? And Jim Beheim was like. You don't think I couldn't figure that out after 45 years of coaching? Then he says, "I do I really need a reporter to figure that out who has never played basketball and is five foot two? First of all, height when, shaming, when was Jerry. this? I guess it was last night. After they won? Yeah. 
who knows? Yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'm just throwing that out there. No, I'll check it out. I, I I'll Google not, it. I was not aware of that, so I will check it. Um, I'm seeing it here. Yeah, I see the video. All right, I'll get the video but, coming up later. Well, but this but is they're the, calling it height shaming. This uh, is no. this is where we are in 2021. The Muppets have to get a warning. Dr. Seuss has been canceled. You want to go after him for being rude to the reporter? Fine. And he's uh, height shaming. shaming. Yeah, height shaming, Jerry. It's a thing now. I guess I understand. This is you're what, five foot two. What do you know about basketball? But you know, it's funny because I had this conversation with Sal the other day about because he's mentioned how much time he's on Twitter, and he made the reference about it's just amazing. The amount of abuse, you know, verbal abuse you take on Twitter. Yes, there are very nice people on Twitter. There are some people that are somewhere in the middle. And then there are those that just despise you and hide behind it and just attack, attack, attack. And I said to him, I said, well, he go, you know, I, I guess he said something like, I didn't sign up for this, you know, 20 years ago. There was no Twitter. You know, I said, yeah, that's fine. I said, but in fairness, it is kind of like what we do for a living. Like, that's what we do. To the athlete that doesn't make the play or get yeah, the yell big base hit, yes, we sit there and scream like they're not, you know, like they're not people. So to me, it's kind of what it is. This is interesting because he is clearly speaking how he feels, but it's not going to be received well. Right? No. If I was that reporter and um, Jim Bayham was like, "What do you know? You're five foot two. I'd be like. Uh, Mr. Beheim, Muggsy Bogues, five foot three. <laughs> now that would have been a funny response. <laughs> On the Muggsy Bogues of reporters, uh, Coach Nate Robinson won the slam dunk contest. Yeah. He's five six. <laughs> what about Spud Webb? Ever hear of him? <laughs> that is that would have been tremendous. Yeah. if he could have thought on his feet like that and said that. Hey, Mr. Beheim. That would have been pretty good, but he you didn't. Punk. Oh, at least I don't think he did. I'll go back. I'll get the. I was not aware of this until you just mentioned it. Yeah. So I will try and get the audio. I don't know if I'll get it for 620 because I still have, th- I mean, I'm so backed up with audio, it's ridiculous. You're all backed up. Uh, let's do a quick buzz, no buzz real uh, quick. Quick, we, yes, we got about a minute. Quick buzz, no buzz. Uh, ESPN's Kirk Herbstreet is publishing a memoir called Out of the Pocket. Any um, interest? I, I'm sure for a college football fan, there would be a lot of buzz to that. That is a big no buzz for me. Me too. Big yeah. no buzz. First but, of all, it's a book. Not interested. But he will sell a lot of copies because college, you, you so. college football rules in certain parts of this country. That's true. As you know that, Eddie knows that, and so I think that will be a best-selling book in certain parts really? of this country. Absolutely. He can yes. go do a book signing in Alabama. First of all, it's Kirk Herbstreet. Second of all, he's tied to ESPN. Third, college football, and college football fans are nuts. Yes, I think he will do very well at that. Mm. But I don't think it'll no do well in New York. Me. I'm not interested. You're Eddie. Would you? You'd read that, would you not? No, I'm not a memoir <laughs> kind of guy. Oh, okay. Oh, fine. so not even a book on tape where Kirk Herbstreet would read to you out of the pocket. No, because no. I, I like him breaking down like college football and analyzing. I don't know if I need his, you know, thoughts All right, fair on enough. life. Maybe you don't know, do need well. to hear that his, you know, family members didn't treat him well, and it. I think it'll scarred well, him for life, but not here. Oh, I agree with you on it'll it'll sell for sure. Mm. All right, one final break, and we'll get you Boomer and Geo. First, we'll wrap things up, and right now we have a Radio.com Sports Minute: The Great Amy Lawrence on the Great James Harden. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. Hi, welcome back. Nets did win in Houston last night. Another triple-double for James Harden. Hey, we didn't do one rule change, Al. The What's Bills, that? How about the Bills submitting a proposal to make sure you can't hire a new coach till after the Super Bowl? Oh, I love it. I like that one. 
And Jerry, uh, your dreams of becoming an NFL cheerleader are still alive. The Washington football team, well, actually, they're eliminating their cheerleading team and they're going with a co-ed dance team. What kind yeah, of moves I'm, you I get? Can't, can't what kind dance, of moves you got, Jerry? Um, I can't dance. Could you lift someone over your head? Every for weekday, start your morning with Owl and Jerry in the warm-up show at 5 a.m.